This is News Talk 980 CKNW. We have so many issues beyond sex in a relationship. And remember, no relationship is perfect. So if you're listening now, I'm going to be discussing some important relationship subjects that just might help you a little bit with this secret society known as sex. You know, the one where everyone's talking about it and no one is doing it. Here we are on the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be. Keep in mind, the show is more than a sex show. I'm just trying to seduce you to listen to information about health, love, your body, and relationships, which are so important. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other. I research, I blog at Fifty Shades of Pink. I have a clinical practice in North Vancouver. I did a TED Talk on the no-sex marriage, and uh, hopefully for you I can be a bit of a resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you and your partner, your lover, discover new and exciting things about sex, especially as it relates to health and your relationship. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies Just fearless, straight-up talk about sex, health, relationships, love, and your body. So hopefully for you, it will be illuminating, educational, and get you thinking just a little bit outside of the box. I'd like you to have some fun, so do stay with me. We try and put a little bit of a humorous spin on things here, but some of the subjects are also quite serious, like that of sexual abuse. It's dark, it's traumatic. Also, unwanted sexual advances, pedophilia and rape are also horrific. For those of you who have been sexually abused, you are never far from my heart, and I know that it is extremely difficult to carry on some days. I wish you all the best on your healing journey, and I keep you in my thoughts and prayers. Do put the kitties to bed. This is an SEX show. I'll give you some time while I say good evening to Mr. Matt Hyland. Matt, how are you? Yeah, great. Thanks. Yourself? I'm fine, thank you. Gorgeous day, huh? That was amazing. Today was uh, Italian Day on Commercial Drive. Yeah, all the lovers were out, huh? Ooh, yes. Yeah. I don't know how many lovers I saw, but when I was <laughs> walking my dog up and down the street, there were, it was Were a lot of packed. people sexting, maybe? <laughs> you I, know, you know, do you notice that? So many people, sometimes I want to take photographs. People are gathered together, and there might be four or six of them, and they are all on their phones. Well, it's funny, because last week we were talking about parents with their, oh, look, you're looking at your phone right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to throw do you the bus. as I say, not as I do. But we're talking about um, parents with their strollers. And, we were, yeah. And then I got run down by a person operating their stroller, and they gave me a bit of lip. And they're like, "Watch where you're going." I'm like, "Well, actually, you ran into me because you were sending your friend a text." But exactly, and that's a big worry for parents. And raising children is a big concern. And I'm going to be talking about some of those subjects, and in particular, one of them, which is how to teach teens to have healthy romantic relationships. You know, teenagers are looking at their parents. I had a, a couple in my clinical practice this week, and, and this is about probably the third or fourth time that I saw them, and I had to say to them, I cannot help you. I will tell you what I believe you need, and if you stay with me, I'll tell you what I believe they needed, and maybe you need that too, but also your children are watching you, and there's certain just back-to-basics kind of things like sitting down for dinner, which this family was not doing any night of the week. They were dragging their little ones out a couple of nights a week, throwing them into programs, and you know that can be problematic, and they were having lots of problems in their relationship. And one of them was, 
Well, I know that one of them is an addict, and I suspect that the other one may have some substance use and abuse issues as well. So what is it like to be a spouse of somebody who has an addiction? I'll be talking about that tonight as well. And why in a relationship, I think probably the most important thing in life, whether you are negotiating a big contract or you are managing your finances or dealing with your kids, listening is the most important relationship skill. And I'm honored to have Stephen O'Keefe, who has done a TEDx talk on this very subject. And he has some tips on how to listen better for you and me and everybody out there that's listening tonight. We're also going to be talking about one of the greatest threats to a marriage today. One of the biggest blind spots. What do you think it is, Matt? Oh, man. Matt, it's, it's, it's not... No. Um, <laughs> it's um, Minecraft after 10 p.m. Uh, that's not good, but that's not it <laughs> <laughs> either. <laughs> but unless, if Minecraft is a problem, give me a call. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Nope, that's not it. But uh, anyway, you can guess. Uh, keep guessing, though, but I will be covering the biggest blind spot to marriage today. And also, we got to talk about families, what families' lives are like, because, you know, you're raising children, you're raising them uh, to be, uh, to grow up and to launch and to develop and and develop into an adult. A lot of people are emotionally stuck at certain ages and developmentally stuck at certain ages. And then you get into a relationship with a hot guy and, you know, and he's 35 and he acts like a 10 year old. And, you know, there are reasons for that. So there are, uh, parenting is a big sacrifice and, you know, it's a fine balance to balance, uh, you know, an intimate relationship with the financial relationship, with raising children, with dealing with your parents. There are so many things. And, and I'm also going to review some of the the brutal truths around how to be in life. So some of those things that, you know what, somebody should have told you a long time ago and only with the intent to improve your relationship. If things aren't going well in your relationship, in your life, take a look at yourself. Stop blaming other people. So we're going to be talking about that. And also there was a a study about uh, how many women prefer something to their partner. Did you see that, Matt? I posted that this no, week. It no, got I didn't. thousands of views on LinkedIn. And I said, no, no big deal. I mean, no, no surprise. I didn't say no big deal. It is a big deal. No surprise. With ego involved and with, you know, time and with, um, you know, time it takes to experience certain things and with the uh, developmental age, you know, there's a stunted developmental age for a lot of people out there. They act like children when they're 30 and 40 and 50. Some of them are my friends. Uh, some of them are mine. <laughs> no longer. And if you don't act like an adult, forget it. You're out of here. Um, and also we're going to be talking about experiencing those. I think I'm early in the show to say the word, but uh, make sure you put the kids to bed. But if you want to have the best pleasure of your life, you have come to the right show. We're going to be talking about that. And do you believe in true love? Well, what does that even mean? And how about frequency, sexual frequency? How how often is normal? What's normal for you? What What do you think? Do you think you should compare yourself to the neighbors? And what do you think about dating people who are much younger than you are? What if you are a woman and you want to date somebody much younger than you are? Well, one 
woman has shared her experiences with me, and I'm going to share them with you because we certainly put a lot of uh, judgment on women who date younger guys, but we don't actually put any judgment on men who date younger women. And that happens all the time. You're shaking your head, Matt, right? No, completely agree. Yeah, exactly. And so why is that? Because life is different for women, people. I've been telling you that for a long time. (laughs) Anyway, those are some of the subjects we're covering tonight. And I'm also going to read some of your emails, some of your amazing emails and messages to me. And I thank you so much for every single one of them. You can email me at nursetalk at hotmail.com. That seems to be where everybody goes to email me these days. And you can go to my website, Back to the Bedroom, and fill out a contact form if you like. You can call into the show, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. And you can also, if you want to talk to me privately, I do have a private phone number on my website. So uh, I can see you in my clinical practice and and give me a call on that number if you want to book an appointment. And uh, so I hope you are listening. But guess what? I don't think you're listening as intently as you could be. So stay tuned because Stephen O'Keefe joins me and he is going to talk to us about how you can listen better. I am Maureen McGrath, and you are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for listening. You know, uh, I sometimes wish this were a the CKNW Sunday Night Listening Show or that it was, were a listening show as opposed to a talk show. Quite frankly, all week long, I listen. When patients come to me with their issues, their problems, I listen. And it took me a long time to realize the value in listening. You want to help other people. You want to fix it for them. You want to do it right away. But there's so much healing in allowing someone to tell their story. And then when you say, so what shall I do? That's a sign to them that my mind is listening. Some of the most successful negotiators listen more than they talk. And it's often the least expensive part of a negotiation. And there is so much power in listening. And that is why I am so delighted and honored to have here in the studio with me, Stephen O'Keefe, who delivered an incredibly powerful TEDx Stanley Park talk. Stephen O'Keefe is a deaf man. Stephen O'Keefe has not heard like the rest of us for his entire life. And he is going to educate us tonight on the power of listening and some give us some simple tips on how to do that better. Welcome to the studio, Stephen. I am very honored to be here. And I'm glad that you know that I'm deaf because I don't want you to think I'm doing the world's worst honored Wolfenegger impression ever. <laughs> We don't. <laughs> I know how weird this is. A deaf person giving you listening tips. That's what's so brilliant. That's what's so fantastic. Yeah, but I know it not Donald Trump giving you hair care tips. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but you know what? Growing up deaf, I had to learn a lot how to listen because I miss out on so many of the words that people say. But people do not realize that the words people hear is a very small part of the communication puzzle. Absolutely. And you that's such a poignant statement that you missed out. And so when people talk 
and talk obsessively and excessively, especially if they're trying to negotiate an issue or a conflict or a problem in their relationship. They are missing a lot of it because they're talking so much. Yes, and it's absolutely true. And people do not listen with their attention. That means they're thinking about what they're going to say in response. They're not being in the moment. They're not putting down the phone. They're not stopping what they're doing and really focusing on that person, really thinking about what they're saying. That is so true. And so many couples that I see in my clinical practice, they just want to talk at each other, blame each other, and never hear what the other person says because they are not listening. And that's so true because when they have our emotions, they get in the way. That's why, again, it comes back down to listening with your attention. Put aside your emotion, your feeling, be right in the moment. And when you do that, you can get so much. It is, uh, you know, you mentioned the emotion, bringing the emotion into the conversation. That makes it so much more difficult to have a successful conversation. How is it that people can remove that emotion from the conversation? I think it comes down to being listening in the moment and really hear what that other person has to say. And that other thing is so important that I think we're missing in this world is we do not listen with our heart. We don't listen with empathy. We don't listen with understanding. And uh, how how can somebody set aside that emotion? Like, is there is it mindfulness? Is it um, what does it take? Uh, is it a is it a conscious effort to say? And you must have gone through this as a child. I need to really focus on what this other person is saying. I need. I, I know, you know, I've known you for a little bit, and you told me initially, you need to look directly at me. I am reading your lips. And so you told me what you needed for us to have this conversation. And so by the same token, a couple in a relationship may need to tell each other what, is, what it is that they need to yes, communicate and think, effectively. And I agree with communicating what you need to have effective communication because there might be certain trigger words that can get you very upset. There may be certain movements or mannerism that if you're fighting with that person can make things a lot worse. And people think they are going to make it better if they talk more or talk over the person or win the battle. There's, we have all this chatter that goes on that is irrelevant to the problem at hand. And it's almost this kind of winning thing, if you will. I, I notice in couples in my clinical practice, one has to one-up the other one. They're, they're keeping score on some bizarre level where they're not actually tallying it at the end, but it's just, I'm right, you're wrong, kind of a thing. And that goes exactly back to listening in the moment. Because if you're doing with colored score-keeping, where one person tries to up the other person. You cannot hear what they're saying, cannot listen, 
Free emotions get in the way. You cannot think straight. You cannot receive without person has to say. And the other person cannot receive what they have to say. And they're missing out on so much of the relationship and so much that is good and so much that could be successful and so many problems that a couple can overcome together if they just listen to one another. So I'm going to ask you to stay in the studio and if you can provide us with some tips on how to listen better so that we can improve the conflicts in our relationship and perhaps have a more peaceful world. Where can people, though, uh, get uh, watch your YouTube video, your Stanley Park video? Yes, and I'm saying what kind of tips can I give? Yeah, we'll do that after the break. We're going to go to break right now, and then we'll talk about where people can listen to your... Um, where people can listen to your TED Talk. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm Maureen McGrath. Thank you for listening. We are talking about listening tonight and the importance of that. And Stephen O'Keefe is here in the studio with me. He gave a brilliant TEDx talk on just that very subject. He is a deaf man, so he's had to learn himself quite a bit. But right now, I'm going to listen to Peterson from Surrey, who has been on the line for a little while. Hello, Peterson. Hello there. How are you? First name is Ben. Oh, Ben. How are you, Ben? I, I talked to you quite a while ago. I want a pair of underwear. Eh? <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> how is the underwear? I hope you're not running around in the underwear. <laughs> Only. Not quite. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. I was about to send you a little bit of a letter about a problem I'm having. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also a picture in a paper I'm sending along with uh, myself and my uh, little lady friend. But I was going to get the uh, what the actual phone number of 700 West Georgia. You've called into the program. Do you have a question, Ben? Uh, actually, it's a long story. Okay. Maybe it's best to email me. That would be great because I have uh, Stephen O'Keefe. And so why don't you listen? Because <laughs> that would be important to listen to the show. So <laughs> especially now because... Stephen O'Keefe is here in the studio with me, and he is going to talk to us about listening. I hope you don't think that I wasn't listening to Ben. However, um, it, you know we only have a certain amount of time, so I'm happy to uh, read an email. You can email me, nursetalk at hotmail.com. Uh, so Stephen O'Keefe, thank you for staying in the studio with me. This is a subject that is very important, listening. You are a deaf man. You have been deaf your entire life, and you've had to learn to listen. So if anybody knows how to listen... I may know the importance of it in a relationship, but if anyone knows how to listen, it is you. And we can all learn from that. And so tell me, what are the three top tips for learning to listen in a relationship or in any uh, conflict or, or whenever you're having issues in life? Yes, and the first thing you got to think of is listen with your full attention. That means be in the moment. Really pay attention to what that other person is talking about. When you do that, you give them something you are starved for attention. The second thing is to listen with your eyes. That means really pay attention to the body language. Body language is not hard at all to read. It's pretty obvious some of the body language signs. 
And is it is it important to look eye to eye with the person, or are you looking at what they're doing with their hands, or how they're they're shifting, or if they're rocking? You look at everything. You would look at their eyes. You would look at how they're shifting, how they're moving. You know, quite interesting. In some cases, if we do a lot of eye contact, that's considered offensive. But here, eye contact is important because then that person feels like they're being really connected when they're really paying attention to them. And then the other thing with the body language, it can be something as simple as moving your arms, your legs, how they're doing it, you know, how you watch the fast your it, how they move their body. It's actually the same thing with adults, a little bit less obvious about it. All it requires is food just to look at the person. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is that I think a lot of people don't do, and I think it's the most important one, is listen with your heart. Mm-hmm. That means listen with empathy, understanding where they're coming from. Sometimes the words that they say may not match their meaning. Like, my wife got this most hideous bag. They look like road killer. <laughs> Please, she goes, Stephen, what do you think of my bag? She's not asking me for my opinion. She's fishing for a, a compliment. Right. So it comes down to listen with your attention, listen with your eyes, listen with your heart. It's not that hard to do. You just got to think about it. And I think it's important when you listen with all that you suggested, you are seeking to understand as well because you may have an entirely different perception of what is going on. You might think someone is against you when they're actually for you. And I see that a lot in my clinical practice. One partner wants the other partner to get well, to get better. And the one partner takes offense. And so... It, it means they're not listening with their heart and, the, and their eyes and, and understanding why. Yes, I do agree. When you listen with your heart, you're listening with empathy. You're trying to understand where they're coming from, their point of view. So many times, we just want to be understood. We don't want people to look for the bright side of things. That's right. Everybody just wants to be understood. You're absolutely correct. And, a, and also a way to understand this better is to go and watch your TEDx talk, which is on YouTube. And the name of it is? Um, how do you listen better? Tips from a deaf guy. <laughs> and if anybody can tell you how to uh, listen better, it is somebody who has had to learn to listen Thank you, Stephen, so much. I really appreciate it, and I've learned a lot about listening from you because I'm used to talking. <laughs> and thank you. I love to hear. Thank you, Ala, for listening with your full attention. Now, do what I told you and try it with your partner. I promise you'll be worth it. It's fantastic. Thank you much, Stephen O'Keefe, TEDx speaker. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here talking to you. I'd love to listen to you, though. You can email me, sextalk at cknw.com, or you can give me a call, 604-280-9898, or star 9898 on your cell. 
That's how I learn. I hear about what issues you're having in life, and uh, I see that there are trends, trends in my clinical practice that uh, occur repeatedly and frequently, and people think they're the only ones that have these problems, and that is certainly not the case. No relationship is perfect except yours, of course, and so if you're in that kind of denial, well, good luck to you. Uh, everybody's going to have problems. You come from two different places, two different families of origin. You were raised differently. One may have been raised by a perfectionist. The other one may have been raised by people who had absolutely no money whatsoever. Somebody else might have been given everything and had been spoiled. And somebody else may have been told they're amazing in every single way and they're better than everybody. And somebody else might have been told that they're no better than anybody and they're no worse than anybody. And so you bring all that together and you try to sort of mix it up and then you make children. (laughs) Sometimes some people have have kids after they get married. Some people have kids before they get married. Some people never get married, but sometimes it typically takes two people, unless you have some fertility um, issues. You can certainly have a child on your own. You can freeze eggs, but that's another segment. Um, head on over to All Our Fertility for that. And Dr. Neve Talon, that's who I would suggest you go and see. But, uh, you know, say you have the kids. The kids land on you and everybody's nervous. Everything's wonderful about the kids when they're little and except for the lack of sleep and all of those issues and the fear that they're going to harm themselves. And then all of the developmental stages can be so enjoyable. I mean, I'm one that happens to love babies and kids and every single developmental stage. So um, you're not going to talk me into that uh, kids are a pain in any way whatsoever. I think they're amazing. I've always loved uh, babies and kids. So, but they, they certainly have their challenges. Let's, let's get real here. And one thing uh, parents are nervous to talk about They're nervous to talk about the talk, the sex talk with kids. And they're also afraid to listen to what the kids have to say. So maybe the kids ask particular questions and they're afraid. They can't believe that child at age six has asked that particular question. or, Or perhaps that child has run into your bedroom when you were having sex with your partner that time that year. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, But say that happens, people freak out. And I always think, you know what? What is wrong with actually your child realizing that you have a loving, intimate relationship with your partner? You know, sex is healthy. Sex is normal. Sex is good. And uh, they're going to typically run in and run out and perhaps ask the questions later. And you got to listen to them. But we're nervous about having that sex talk with them. What are we going to say? How are they going to receive it? They're going to receive it at their developmental age, the way that they're able to receive it. People really shouldn't stress out about it. They should talk about it and beyond STIs and pregnancy. You need to talk about some other things as well about sex, like pleasure. Very few women are educated about pleasure. And I ask that all the time. I, I, I speak to large groups and I always ask that question. How many of you were educated about pleasure? How many women were educated about pleasure? And nobody puts their hand up ever. And that's a real problem. And that's why, that's one reason there are some problems why women are, have, find it hard to be vulnerable in relationships and experience that pleasure. And one way you can experience that pleasure is the womanizer. Of course, it's the best sex device out there. It's the only one that I have, that I provide for my patients. It's a clitoral suckling device. And uh, I I use it to treat primary anorgasmia in women. And uh, and it's extremely effective. Of course, you have to have healthy vaginal, a healthy vagina. We don't talk about that either. We don't talk about the hollow muscular organ that gives life and love and receives love. You know, uh, we call it other names. We call it the flower and many other 
names, the hoo-hoo, but we have a hard time calling it the vagina. These are really important things that you need to teach your children so that your children get it, so that they're on top of it, so that they're on it. But something else that gets lost in translation, if you will, is conversations about how to have a healthy, romantic relationship. It isn't enough to have the sex talk, which most of you haven't had because you're so afraid to talk about it. Believe me, I know. I've been asked by friends of mine, can you have the sex talk with my daughter? And I'm like, can you at least be in the room, please? I mean, it's really not my job to educate your daughter in your living room. But nonetheless, I am so passionate about it and think it's so important. I will with a few conditions. But you have to have the love talk, too. I had a a situation with a patient. It had reached rock bottom for her. She was at a a big event, and she punched her boyfriend. And she it was witnessed by a police officer, and she was arrested. But the story behind the story was much deeper than that. And she was had been in, and not to say she wasn't responsible for punching somebody, and that's one bit of good wisdom to pass on to your children. If anybody ever hits you, leave. But there are other reasons to leave a romantic relationship as well. Abuse comes in many forms, emotional, financial um, abuse. Uh, you know, there's lots of ways people can keep another person hostage in a relationship. And there are many of those things, many reasons to leave. And and I should probably do a, a segment on when you leave, why and when it's time to leave, because often people don't know when it's time to leave. They question it and they go through it and, and they might process it. They might be embarrassed about it. But then, uh, you know, everyone leaves in their own time. But people may not realize that it's not healthy to be held hostage or to be in manipulative relationships or be in an abusive relationship because you're missing out on a truly wonderful aspect of life. And so you've got to have this love talk too. So this little girl, and I say little girl, she was about 18 years old. She ends up in jail because she's punched her boyfriend. And But the thing is, is that the boyfriend had been physically abusive to her in the past, emotionally abusive to her. All she did was think about him. She tied the fact that he loved her or cared about her to her own self-esteem. This was an incredibly unhealthy relationship. Her friends knew but her parents had never spoken to her about it. And she had been from an abusive relationship, which is not rocket science. So her father had abused her mother. Of course, they're not going to educate about that. And so it takes a really uh, confident person to have this talk with their children, but it's really difficult when you've been abused yourself, when you have been emotionally abused or physically abused. And that was the situation with this girl. And she never thought she would ever meet anybody else at such a young age. According to a report released by Harvard Graduate School of Education's Making Caring Common Project, this is one of the biggest worries that parents have is the hookup culture. But they ignore the fact that young people are ill-prepared to learn how to love and develop caring and healthy romantic relationships. And relationships are so important. This is an area of health care that has been terribly neglected. There is so much shame about uh, emotional abuse and physical abuse. And without these healthy conversations about healthy relationships, parents are not teaching. You're actually neglecting your children and you're placing them at risk for misogyny, which is men who hate women 
and the women who love them. That's basically the definition of misogyny. And also sexual harassment. People don't feel that they are valued enough to be respected. We're not facing this head on. And you know what? Kids want to hear from you. And some of the results of the study, if you don't think they they do want to hear from you, they want you to talk about this. You are who they look to for advice and wisdom. And so according to this particular study, 70% of the 18 to 25-year-olds who responded to this report said they wanted more information uh, from their parents about some emotional aspect of a romantic relationship. 70% of 18 to 25-year-olds, they're almost past the point, okay? 65% they wanted said that they wanted guidance about it in sexual health education class, in their sex ed class at school. They're not getting it there either. We focus as educators, as parents, we focus on abstinence, pregnancy, STIs, all very important. But you know what? That can be learned pretty darn quickly. But how to have and manage and be in a healthy romantic relationship is something that is vital and we need to do this. So how do we do this? You've got to be a romantic philosopher. Everybody means something different when they say they're in love, okay? You can be in lust, you can be in addiction, you can be in attraction, you can be in whatever. But our understandings of love are vague and varied. And so many kids and people confuse love with infatuation or some of these, or idolization. That's something that's very common. They may obsess about it. They may think they're in love with someone. They may be in love with love. So you need to talk to your kids about the many forms of love. Explain what you mean when you say you're in love with somebody. So let your child understand that they can define being in love different than you and that there's no right definition for it. And so that's one way, actually. And you also definitely want to talk about the markers of healthy and unhealthy relationships because I hear about a lot of teenagers who are not, they they do not know that they are in, whether they're in a healthy or unhealthy relationship. And they can't, they can't actually see the unhealthy relationship because they're unsure. It's a time of life when, when they're insecure and they don't really know they're not that confident. And so if they get criticized by somebody, they might take it to heart. Uh, so you want to give your kids examples of healthy and unhealthy relationships. And the relationship you have with your spouse is the relationship they are seeing. And they may think that's normal. They may think it's normal if one abuses the other. I, I heard somebody who said that his father abused his wife for his whole life. Until, or his father abused his mother, sorry for his entire life until, and he thought it was normal that he would whack her if she got something wrong until he went on vacation with another family and, and the wife got the directions wrong and the, the husband said, oh, well, that's okay. We'll, you know, just go a different route. And he said, why didn't, why didn't your father just smack your mother? Because he thought that was normal. And talk about the skills with your kids that they need to maintain that healthy relationship because you need a, a whole orchestra of skills including the ability to communicate honestly and effectively. And kids need to learn to listen and to accept that honest and effective communication because you've got to solve problems together because one is going to go. One will leave soon. Once once it's like one-sided and one's doing everything and there's no listening on, on the other part, people have their boiling point. They have their tipping point. And so you want to measure anger and be generous. You want to teach. These are qualities you need in a relationship. 
And, you know, healthy relationships benefit from being able to take someone else's perspective in a deep way and step back and view the relationship with all of its glory and its dynamic and its strength, strengths and its challenges. And so talk about different ways of caring with your children. Talk about different ways of caring in vibrant relationships or hold up some relationships that you find very dear or that you think uh, these couples portray themselves in a, in a healthy manner. If you have some friends or relatives that have mature romantic relationships and it changes and life is hard and there are going to be struggles, but if you teach them that they can get through things together, but that takes a willingness on both parts. And if one is not willing to do it, then that relationship will not last. And then they will bring that to the next relationship and to the next relationship. You want to talk about some of those ethical questions connected to romantic and sexual relationships as well. It was only like 17, I think it was 1996 in Canada that a man could force his wife to have sex with him. Uh, so things have changed, but they have not changed. Yeah, those laws were on the books, Matt. You're looking a little surprised. Crazy. Um, but you know what? Together with your child, puzzles through some of these uh, ethical questions and, and all of the beauty and ambiance and love and dyna- dynamic nature that relationships are so that you can teach your teenagers and kids to be the best romantic partner there is. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.